thank y'all for tuning in. This is episode 14 of Coaching Connections. On today's episode, we have Coach Art Gonzalez and Coach Mike Gonzalez. Art Gonzalez had a Hall of Fame career. His son, Mike Gonzalez, is following in his footsteps, coaching, moving up through the profession. And we had a great time talking about the interesting dynamic of, of coaching your son, of playing for your father, or having a, a mentor like your father that's been through the grind, and having someone to lean on, and, and so much more. It was a great episode, very insightful, very impactful, and I hope you guys enjoyed just as much as I did. Episode 14, The Gonzalez's. Let's get after it. What's up? So, Coach? Dang, you got the, the background set up real nice and pretty. This is usually my wife's spot. <laughs> no wonder it's so pretty. Look at that. I know you didn't decorate that. that that's usually my background. <laughs> I was like, ah, that might look a little better. Go ahead. Can you go ahead and move, move out to the living room or to the bedroom real quick? <laughs> that's funny. Yesterday, we had a little conference with my dad. And so hopefully um, we did a tutorial for a few tries to make sure he could get on. Is that, it was a conference on how to Zoom? Yeah. So we did it. And I mean, it, it, took, it took three attempts. But we, <laughs> finally, we finally got it to work. Yeah. It, it's, four, it's four o'clock right now. He's usually pinpoint uh, punctual. <laughs> He's going to tell us that his, his laptop says four o'clock while ours is, ours is wrong. <laughs> How's everything else been going? Good. Y'all finishing up this week? Yeah, like they told us, you know, grades and stuff, not to give any more work after this week. Just start closing everything out. And that that that's what our plan is right now is just to at least still bring them up and take them through the strength strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning stuff, and uh, watch them do the actual body weight workout. Make sure they're actually doing it right. Yeah, I say I want to see. I want to have eyes on you. I want to verify this thing. Y'all say that y'all are doing it. I believe you, but I'm gonna verify this. I've seen some kids that I mean they say it. I saw one kid; his cheeks look chubbier. I said, "Oh man!" Don't know. <laughs> hey, what's boredom hits? What do you think them kids are doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it says my kids are that that first like couple of weeks. I was like, man, we gotta ha have a better system than this because every like. 20 minutes I'm hungry I need to I need to go to look at this it's my dad hello why not so Marcus what's new <laughs> um, <laughs> enjoying my life coach <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm having a lot of fun just watching you too uh, on behalf of the uh, San Antonio Area Association of Basketball Coaches. Uh, we want to commend you on what you're doing with this thing. Hey, this is fantastic. Well, thank you, Coach. I really do appreciate it. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, am I? Is that too? Is that too bright, Michael? Uh, you're good. good. It's a little bit bright, but it's all good. Uh, turn on that light. Huh? <laughs> How about now? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, Marcus. Thank you. Oh, hey, uh, that was the, the best 14 minutes uh, all day long. <laughs> that was great. All right. Well, hey. So, to watch y'all interact with each other, remind me of me and my dad. Here, well, I tell you what, hey, this technology stuff has got me going crazy. <laughs> so, 
It's a twenty the 21st century way to meet and hang out nowadays. Yeah. Well, gosh, hey, I, 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 that's why I've been home all this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just uh, want to tell you guys, thank you all for working through that and, and taking some time out of your day to hang out and talk talk basketball, talk life, and, uh, and, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to talk to you guys. Well, so are we, believe me. <laughs> Appreciate it, Marcus. Oh, no problem, Mike. Uh, so I, I don't want to call you guys Coach or Coach Gonzalez. Um, so I guess if I refer to you, I'll just call me Art. I'll call you Art and I'll call you Mike. And, and uh, it's hard, right? You know, the, yeah. the manners and, and the respect factor, it's hard to, to, to go around. I, I understand. I understand. I still call my old high school coach by, by just coach. Yeah. So forgive me if, uh, if I say Art and understand the circumstances. No problem. So um, I really uh, think that our profession has some outstanding coaches, and I think that the, the people in our profession do an amazing job of connecting with young people and people in general and, and making impactful relationships. And so a lot of these interviews you see talk a bunch of X's and O's with coaches, and I don't really want to know much about your philosophies on offense or defense. Uh, I like to learn more so about the person um, – standing on the sidelines, what is it about them that allows them to make these connections? And, and I, I like uh, the idea of, of uh, you know, you have a father that, that went through the ranks and, and, um, and you have a son that's doing the same now. And so I think that's a neat perspective. And so, again, thank you guys for taking the time out to talk. Our pleasure. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about this whole uh, COVID situation. Um, what have you guys been doing to, to stay stay busy, stay active? Y'all been binge watching any TV shows, or what's what's on your agenda daily? Age before beauty, Michael. So, uh, well, aside from just staying home, I mean, goodness gracious, you know, uh, I've been retired since 2010. Then I coached part time for two years till 2012. So for me, I'm, I'm I guess it's kind of I'm, I'm I've been here all this time. So. You know, uh, getting to do more, more, more things around the house, not going out as often because we love to go out to eat, but we haven't done that in a while. So, um, uh, glued to the TV, yard, you know, talk to the grandkids, FaceTime over the phone, you know. But uh, uh, that's for me. That's been about it. Now for you guys, I know it's different. Go, Michael. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to say the least. I think that I had a conversation with one of one of my buddies, and his kids are older. Uh, they're they're all older older in high school. He's like, man, it's get it's a grind right now. Like they don't want to hang out with me as much. Like they they're in their room all day. So I'm fortunate that my kids are younger. I have an eight year old and a five year old. My my youngest will be six tomorrow, and they want to spend time with dad. They want to spend time with mom and they want to be around. And so I'll never get this opportunity again. It's been good. I, I wake up in the morning, get a little workout on. Uh, and as soon as a workout, usually have one Zoom meeting. And then me and my girls go outside. We ride bikes. We, they jump rope, play catch. Got, got a baseball bat this week. They've been trying to hit the baseball. Um, but it's been good. And then after, after school, once we finish up all our work in the evening again, we're trying to find trails and go on walks in the neighborhood. And it's just been, it's been great to see, remind me of when we were growing up and you see kids outside riding their bikes 
you see kids and families outside together. We eat, we eat dinner, we eat breakfast together, we eat lunch together, we eat dinner together. And so uh, as, as tough and as different as it's been, I'm looking at all the blessings that have come from it. Like, uh, I don't know what's going to happen next year, but once we get back in it and things are normal again, well, then how much time do I really get to spend at home? Uh, you, you, just like both of y'all, we spent, spent a lot of time in the office, a lot of time at school. And my, my girls, they ain't going to play basketball. They haven't found an interest yet, maybe later on. But right now, it, it's, it's not happening. So it's not like I'd take them to the gym. We can hang out there for a while. Um, so I'm really enjoying the time. I see your social media, your, your Twitter posts of you and your kids. Uh, it's like you're having a blast. And so uh, um, from this end, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Like you said, man, my neighborhood, I've never seen so many basketball goals go up. Yeah. Uh, my, my block, I think there's like six that went up and, and everybody's just kind of shooting outside and, 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 and like, I got you, man, shooting my goal and he's shooting his. And we're kind of playing horse or something from long distance. <laughs> um, things are definitely different, uh, but it's good to be outside and, and get, get back to kind of like the old days. Like you said, I remember growing up, I used to be in the backyard playing ball until my mom had to spank me to come inside. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, you and you know what? Uh, t told my kids, I guess a uh, week or two two ago, coming home, they're like, "I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty," and we passed up a water hose. And I was like, "Dude, I remember when I used to just I get thirsty, I go to a neighbor's hose. Like, no, no, don't get and you drink a little bit of water, close it, and then walk off, and then continue about my business." Now I wouldn't even think about doing that, but they, my girls are like, "You really drink from that hose?" I was like, "Thirsty," <laughs> and it tasted good at the time. Right now. I don't recommend it, though. <laughs> you know, you kind of dove into it, but let's talk a little bit about uh, both of y'all, your childhood, uh, some influences in your life along the way that, that kind of led you down this path of coaching and education. Um, I guess, uh, Coach Art, if you want to start. Sure. Well, hey, I, I grew up and was, and was raised in the small town of Uvalde, 80 miles west of here, uh, coming from uh, hardworking you know, uh, parents, especially my dad. We were we were not we were migrants. Uh, end of the school year, we go up north and wouldn't come back till you know late August, early September. And so, work ethic was uh, was one of the things that was instilled in us real young. And uh, uh, just I'm just so thankful for that because hey, my dad my dad said never be afraid of a job, never be afraid of taking on something you know, because it's going to make you better down the road. So anyway, with that in mind, uh, uh, in Uvalde, we didn't have high school sports till you got, I mean, sports till you got to high school. We didn't have them in middle school, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, anyway, I got involved with basketball. A neighbor uh, where my grandmother used to live, he had a basketball goal. And I guess I was going to be an eighth grader. And he just got me hooked with basketball. And in high school, I played football and basketball. I excelled a little more in basketball. Uh, I guess maybe that explains it. But uh, but anyway, I, I had two outstanding coaches in high school, uh, Marvin Gustafson and uh, Jerry Kamalander. Marvin Gustafson was my football coach, and Jerry Kamalander was my basketball coach. And uh, I guess from the time that I was probably a sophomore, I said, you know what? I think that's what I want to do. I want to be a coach. And uh, because of those two gentlemen, uh, that's the career that, that, that I took. And uh, 
uh, I just admired those two guys. I, I never saw them lose control. They always remained calm, collected, and uh, I never saw them, you know, throw a hissy fit. You know, now, not 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 to say that they wouldn't get after you, but I mean, uh, not to where they're out of control. And so I tried to kind of emulate, even though Michael and Javier probably say, "No, Dad, you were you were crazy <laughs> on the sidelines." <laughs> but uh, but anyway, that got, that's what got me in into coaching, and I, uh, I owe a lot to to those two gentlemen. You know, and uh, I've been blessed in my career. I'm doing something that I love to do. You know, I didn't get in it for the money, and uh, um, I think maybe that's what deters a lot of a lot of uh, coaches now is, hey, I'm not making enough money. I need to get into another career. But just loving the game, loving the sport, loving to be around kids, you know, trying to be a positive role model for them, you know, uh, nothing greater in the world. You know, talking about those two coaches, I, I did a an interview earlier in the day with Coach uh, Bogus and. And he said he coached under him, I believe, and, and he gave those two guys a lot of credit as well. Yes, yes. You know, uh, Coach Kamalander from Uvalde, he, they came to Churchill. Uh, he became the head football coach and, and so the story, you know, uh, from then on, he was the AD at Northeast. But, yeah, hey, two outstanding gentlemen. Mike? Well, so both my parents, you just heard my dad's story. So I, I was the son of a coach. My mom's a teacher and grew up in, I guess, in a middle-class neighborhood and enjoyed playing basketball from, from a young age. Get to go with dad, like, just right. And every Saturday during the season, get up, go to the gym, get to play, play around. Tuesdays and Fridays, we pretty much went to most of their games. Uh, unless it was a late Tuesday game, we, we probably wouldn't go, especially when we were younger. But I remember spending a lot of time in the gym and uh, a lot of time going to watch games. I'd get to go on, on buses with them. This was back when it didn't really matter. So they go on a trip on Saturday. We didn't have school. Well, then I joined the team. And so from the time I was a, a young kid, I remember saying, I want to be a coach. And I think that my mom would always try to steer me away from education and say, no, go into business, go into banking, uh, go, go in there and make some money. But like people, people talk about the money aspect of it. But I was a kid growing up and I always had plenty. I probably had more than I needed. And so I felt like, man, we're doing just fine. We're doing great. The money that we're going to make is going to be adequate to raise a family and, and to have fun and I think I was jealous and liked it because my, I get to see my dad go to sh go to work in shorts and a t-shirt, and so he, he was a, a P, P most of the time he was PE teacher, but he'd go to work. And I was like, what what other job am I going to find that I can put shorts on and put a t-shirt on and, and and go go get it done? So went to brought up in the Judson Independent School District, went to Kitty Hawk, and then by the time I became a freshman, I went with my dad to Highlands High School and played, played, four, played both my four years of high school there. And then from high school, I went to Texas State, got my degree in, in teaching uh, in kinesiology and a minor in history. And the story goes from there. So, you know, I talked to Art Villa uh, earlier in, in the series and, uh, and he gave some good perspective on coaching his son. And so we'll touch on that in just a second, Coach Art. But, but from uh, a player's perspective, what was it like playing for your father? Me? Oh, man, it was it, – it, it's, it's definitely a different circumstance. It's unique. 
I, I benefited from it because I got to see my brother. Uh, my brother was uh, four years older than me. And so I, I, I really had four years of education before then because we pretty much went to every single game, that went, especially when my brother got there. And so I would hear the stories that he would tell. I would hear what my dad would say and just kind of understood what, what to expect mm. and what, what to go on. But I guess the, the biggest one was he was like, you don't call me dad. He says, when we're, when, we're at, when we're at school, it's coach. And you got to be a coach, Coach Gonzalez. And just understand I'm going to be a little bit harder on you than I am on, on the other kids just so – because people are going to talk when they get there, and they did. Um, that, that was kind of – that was like first time in my life I had went somewhere else. I had met some new people, and nobody knew who I was except for the former basketball players. And so that first year or so was tough uh, because I had never had somebody – I got along with most people – I, I, I got along, had made great friends, but then now all of a sudden there's a new kid in town and um, took, a lot of, took a lot of flack uh, from being the coach's son, you know, the typical things that you would get. And so it was a big adjustment period at first, but he had coached me all my life too. So it really wasn't a, a, a huge change. What about for you, coach? How was that experience? Oh, uh, I'll tell you what, it's something that uh, I wish every coach who had a son could do. You know, Marcus, I, I worked a lot of TABC camps. Matter of fact, I, I worked the very first one in 1983. It was at uh, Southwest Texas, now Texas State. Yep. So from 83 to 96, I worked every TABC basketball camp. And uh, at camp, when, when my son started to get closer to to, to come to high school, I was asking coaches that played for their dad, and I asked coaches who coached their sons. And I tell you what, 98% of them said, greatest experience of our lives. And the other 2% said, hey, it was the worst experience in my life. It says, because one, I could never please my dad. You know, 20 points wasn't enough. You know, 15 rebounds wasn't enough. You know, and so uh, worst experience of my life. And then one of them suggested, hey, look, uh, uh, Bob Knight, uh, there's a, um, a, a book out on Bob Knight. Well, actually, you know, it was uh, Steve Alford. And he says, uh, buy that book. And in chapter three, he devotes a chapter about playing for his dad in high school. Okay, so I bought the book and I read and sure enough, it gave me some good insights. You know, one of them was, hey, uh, when you win, you can do anything. You can ask anything. You, when you lose, it's more important that you let your son bring up the, the topic. I learned that with Javi. Um, he was the first one that I coached. And, and uh, I was trying to get inside his head, and he would just tune me out, especially when we lost. So right now I said, hey, that's right. I, I got to let it go. So it, it, it's, it's a little different, you know. I'm sure it was, like Michael said, I'm sure it was harder on Michael. I said, Michael, you're going to hear, and Javi, Michael, you're going to hear some things about me. Let it go in one year, not the other. You know, don't try to defend me. Don't stand up for me. You just keep walking. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I'm sure it was harder on them, you know. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, uh uh, we're still close on it, you know. Both of them think, "Hey, Dad, remember that that game that this happened?" And so there was a lot of memories that that uh, 
that were created, you know, in, in that situation. You know, the, the toughest one that I got was my own wife getting after me because I was hollering at her sons too much. You know? <laughs> but uh, but uh, other than that, uh, uh, Marcus is, is, is just a great, great feeling, a great experience. You know, uh, something that I hope that, uh, that my sons also uh, uh, gain from. Well, hopefully they get into basketball at some point, Mike. <laughs> I don't, you know, we went to, my sister had her 40th birthday on Monday, and my sister has two boys and, and a girl, and they had a, a hoop just like the one on the door. And my youngest one picked up a ball, and she started playing. We played for about 30, 40 minutes just shooting it, and the next day she comes in, and she's like, Papi. I had a lot of fun, fun playing basketball with you yesterday. I was like, all right, well, here we go. I got a ball outside, maybe, maybe here coming up pretty soon. I'll start rolling it out a little bit more and see what she does. But they're, right now they're all dance and gymnastics. Nothing wrong with that, right? And Nothing cheer. wrong with that. No, they're wrong with that. <laughs> you know, I have uh, my wife and I adopted two wonderful kids uh, last year. And, um, and so they were – I mean, I'm a coach, so I'm in a gym, and so they were around it just within that first year. So, uh, so the my daughter wanted to give it a try, and she's never played basketball in her life. And so we went all in. I mean, she got on the team, she practiced, she did the whole deal, and then little by little, we realized, you know, she was losing interest. And so finally, you know, sitting down talking to her, like, you know, you sure that you like this? You don't have to like this just because we like this. And she would always say, No, I love it. I love it. Um, but then finally she's like, okay, I have to admit something. Um, <laughs> I, I really hate, I really don't like running and, and, and all that stuff. It's, you know, I just wanted to give it a try because you, know, you were a basketball coach. And I said, well, thank you for being honest, you know, but find what you like and we'll, we'll support you there. Um, and Marcus, then, oh, go, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, a story with that. Our daughter, uh, it's, it's Javi, Delisa, and then Michael. Anyway, the boys hated because she was the athlete, okay? <laughs> well, anyway, <True. laughs> uh, he was uh, uh, a cheerleader from the time she got uh, in junior high. And, but in, in Little Pee Wee League, her and Michael played basketball together. And not, not to brag, but they were probably the best, better basketball players on the team. I don't know why, but, you know, they were. But anyway, uh, when she got to be a freshman – she made cheerleading at Judson, and uh, she had played basketball all this time. And so she says, Dad, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, what is it? She says, Dad, you won't be upset if I don't play basketball anymore, will you? And I says, no, why? She says, well, because um, I'm going to try out for cheerleading in high school, and uh, at Judson you can't play sports if, if you're a cheerleader. And I want to do that. Sweetheart, if that's what you want to do, go on and do it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I see a the, the daughters are a little more considerate, right? And say, yeah. Uh, now my son, he he wanted to be like an astronaut or something. But after being in the gym so much, he's like, Dad. He likes to shoot. He'll, he'll shoot around a little bit, but he's like, Dad. What I really want to do, be a coach for the McCullum Cowboys. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, you that, that is fantastic. I don't know if he wants to play, but at the least he wants to be a coach. So when you're in the gym that much, you, you almost don't, don't have a choice. 
Oh, he'll walk around. Right? And you're, just, you're just in there, and you're like, man, what am I going to do? Well, I got two hours in here. I might as well pick up a basketball and start learning how to do this thing. Well, you see, he, he, won't, he won't get in and shoot too much. What he'll do is he'll walk next to me, and he'll start yelling, hey, what are you doing? Do you want me to tell your mom? Run faster. All right, he's just yelling at him. <laughs> well, I'm a job training. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. Let's talk a little bit about y'all's journey, your coaching journey. You know, where'd you start, you know, and, and kind of where you're at now in your career? Well, uh, I was fortunate that uh, my first job out of, out of college, A&I, go A&I Kingsville, now it's a and But anyway, uh, my old high school uh, JV football coach was a head basket, head football coach in Luling, Texas. Uh -huh. Okay, so when I graduated, he called my mother at, at home in Uvalde. He says, hey, has Art graduated? He says, yes, sir, he has. Well, here's my number. Tell him to call me. I got a job for him. So in 1974, when I get back home, I call him. I go and interview. I get hired at Luling, Texas. I'm the eighth grade football coach, JV and freshman basketball coach, oh, wow. and eighth grade track coach because it's Luling Junior Senior High. So that's where I got my start. And then, Marcus, the following year, the head basketball coach, uh, resigns at coaching school. Huh. So they promote me to the head job. Second year? The second year. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, they threw me right in the frying pan. Man, oh, man. So, I mean, I, I learned a lot. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I thought, you know, how you are when you're young. You think you know everything. Yeah. But, but you don't. But anyway, I, I got started in Luling. I came two years later. I came to Jefferson as an assistant. Then I went to Harlandale for two years. Then I went to Del Rio. My wife's from Del Rio. Michael was born in Del Rio. We went to Del Rio for three years. Came back. Uh, I was at Highlands for as an assistant for a year. Then I got the head job at Burbank. From Burbank, I uh, go to Highlands from 91 to 2004. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from 2004 to 2010, I'm at uh, – Alamo Stadium Athletic Office as an assistant. Uh, and then I retired, and I was hired at John Paul II to coach basketball without a gym, Marcus. No gym? And they still don't, and they still don't have a gym. And they did well this year. They lost in the, in the 3A championship game in Taps. Oh, is that, is that where Forrest is at, Blackwell? Yes, that's, that's, that's him. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, uh, that, that was my coaching career. Hey, I learned – a lot at every one of those stops you know it's funny but some of the coaches that you listen to they say hey you can't really become a big winner until you're a, you're you've lost quite a few and i'll tell you what harlandale they were when i got there in the last four years they were four and a hundred and four and a hundred and seven oh wow and gosh first year we we were three and 27 marcus mm -hmm. And those three games, this is before they were big. I beat, well, we beat East Central those three games. <laughs> Once in the tournament and twice in the district. <laughs> so uh, uh, then I went to Del Rio, and um, it wasn't much better, you know. Um, came to, when, when I went to Burbank, had a, uh, a decent two years, made the playoffs the first year. 
you know, uh, came in second to Sam Houston. Sam Houston was first. We were second. And we played East Central, and they killed us. In over, they beat us in overtime, 82-81. Um, and, and uh, but, but that, that was it. I enjoyed every stop. I mean, uh, like I said, it's just one of these things that you, you just love doing, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, uh, that was basically my career there. What about you, Mike? Yeah. So kind of a lot of parallels between my dad and mine and certainly a lot of opportunities were created because of, uh, who my father was and grateful for those opportunities. But after I graduated from Texas state, I did my student teaching at Woodlake Hills. And so I know you had Lonnie on here. He talked talk the story. I want to I, I wanna offer a rebuttal because he didn't tell the story quite the way that it should have been. But I, I did that. I was all level PE. So like the very first part of it, you have to do secondary. Well, I, I was at, at Woodlake Hills. And so I, I knew I wanted to be a coach. So I help out with football. First time since middle school doing anything with football. And man, we had a fantastic, we had a fantastic team. Uh, we had one of the greens, Aaron Green, who was our running back. He was an unbelievable athlete, played at Madison, went on to uh, Nebraska, and then played at TCU. And, uh, I mean, just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. And then I think we had two or three other Division One athletes on that team. So we were loaded seventh grade. Went out, had, did the second part in elementary. And while I'm there at the elementary – uh, maybe two or three weeks into the elementary, I get a phone call from the coach that I was, uh, that I was a student teacher for, uh, his name was Cliff Baker. And he's like, Hey, like, I'm going to have knee replacement surgery. We need a permanent sub over here. And would you like to do it? And I was like, yeah, let me check with my monitoring teacher. My monitoring teacher was cool with it. So before I finished there, I went back to Woodlake Hills, um, got to be with Lonnie, Lonnie Hub and, uh, John Danaher, who's our first assistant now, Richard Mendoza, who's a head coach at Veterans, had, had left a couple of years before, but we just had a fantastic staff and uh, was able to start on basketball as well. Uh, coach Danaher was a head coach. Lonnie Hubbard was the B team coach. So he says, Co Coach, you, I know that you want to do basketball, so I'm going to give Hub the A team. We'll practice together, but Hub will coach them, and you got the B team by yourself. And so it was, it was awesome. We had, we had 20 guys on the B team, okay, 20 players. And the rule was they all had to play one quarter. Oh, wow. So I, so I had a first quarter team, which was my second best five. I had a second quarter team. I had a third quarter team. And then I had my B team studs were the fourth quarter team. And so there was great because there's no subbing and you just played that seven minutes or whatever it was. And then at, at the end of the quarter, that was your, that was your time. So that lasted till about January. And then I get a phone call from SAISD. Hey, we need a PE teacher, an elementary PE teacher. But the only catch is you have to coach softball at Fox Tech. And so I'm like, man, I got a, I got a good, I got a good gig here at Woodlake Hills, but you know, Coach Baker's going to be coming back soon. So I took it, and I went to this elementary, Jaffet Elementary. I taught elementary PE for four and a half years. I did that first year of uh, two years of Fox Tech softball. My first full year, I coached football and basketball at Page Middle School, the Page Ponies, and then after that. 
when my dad left Burbank High School and went to Highlands, Coach Jackson took over. Coach Jackson is still there. Well, he needs an assistant. And so he called my dad and he's like, yeah, Mike's in the, in the, in the area. So he hired me, hired me. I, I was there for six years, two years as a, four years as a B team coach. And then while I was at Jaffet Elementary, and then the last two years, I was a JV coach. I was able to get on campus, got a phone call, or applied for a job in Laredo, uh, kind of similar to what my dad said. My wife's from Laredo. And so I, I got the head job at a Laredo LBJ. I was there for four years. And when veterans opened up, uh, Coach Steve, known Steve for a long time, he gets the job. I'm looking to come back home. Would you mind coming back and being the assistant? Yeah. Let's do it. So I've been here for four years now. It's been great. Um, opening up a new school has pro provided a lot of opportunities for me. Uh, it's definitely a lot of, a lot of work, but uh, it's, been, it's been good. I think that I've grown as a teacher, uh, as a coach, uh, as a person as well. It's pretty crazy. Four years has flown by, hasn't it? Yeah, it, go, it, goes, by, it goes by quick. Like this is going to be our first uh, – at the, our last game this year – Kind of reminiscing with some of the, with some of the guys, uh, they had seven seniors, but two of them, two or three of three of them had been with us since the very beginning. And I was like, man, I'll, I I might not ever get this opportunity again. Like I've literally seen every single high school game that y'all have played mm -hmm. because they they started one of them started with me on the freshman team. One was a freshman but played JV, so I got to see all of those games. Well, then one moves up to JV. The other one moved up to varsity. Well, I got to see every, all of those games. One stayed on JV, was with me again. So I coached him three years as like my direct player. And then last year moved on to varsity. I was like, I'll, ne I'll never have that opportunity where I could say like I've literally seen every single game y'all played in wearing a veteran's uniform. Yeah. And it's been, it's, been, it's been a wild ride. It's gone by quick. And now we, we're kind of on a little bit more stable ground and programs looking to continue an upward trend and now we don't have to play all anymore yeah that's gonna it's gonna be fantastic man i don't gotta sit underneath i don't gotta sit underneath oh, you, don't, you don't like the dugouts man the dugout's definitely unique i don't think that, i don't think that i liked it as a player either <laughs> <laughs> well mike what was it like uh, i mean having having your dad in the business and, and being uh had a phenomenal career as a coach and uh, having someone like that to lean on during your career, um, it, it's it's a blessing, a blessing, and and if you don't use it correctly, it's a curse. Because he, man, one thing that I learned from from him is how to treat people. And if you if you've ever walked around them for long for a while, like go to a coaching convention or a coaching clinic, um, you can't walk more than five to ten steps without somebody stopping him, saying hello, him talking to them. Um, giving praises, giving hugs, giving handshakes and high fives. I think my first year at LBJ, we came down for a tech, the Texas High School Coaches Association clinic and bring my, my assistants with me. And so we go in there and we walk in. Like maybe after 30 minutes or so, they, both of them start laughing and they're like, is anybody going to ask you how you're doing? Like everybody that comes up to you says, how's your dad? Hey, I just saw your dad. But all the conversations are about your dad. And I was like, yeah, well, he, know, he knows a lot of people. 
And that sure enough, like we walk another few steps. Hey, I just saw your dad. It just I, so that whole two or three days that we were at that clinic, it just became a running theme. How many people are going to ask coach about his dad today? Um, but always a sounding board. And if if he um, he's good about offering advice and not pushing, mm-hmm. like this is what I would do in your situation. And then sometimes I would listen. A lot of times I wouldn't. And then sure enough, I go back and like I probably should have listened to to what you were saying and what you were trying to get me to do. But the the more that I get into this and watching TABC, just gotta have have a system. You got to know exactly what you're doing. Can't do too much, um, and you got you you got to be con- like fully in, like convicted that this is the way it, it, it is, and that that's what he developed. That I think those la- later years at Highlands, especially, this is how we're gonna play. This is what we're gonna be good at. Um, this is what I'm gonna live with. This is what I'm not gonna live with. And if you don't have those things set set in stone, you're gonna have a tough time, or you're gonna be a roller coaster at, at, at the bare minimum. And so. Uh, always good to have somebody to talk to and sometimes just I want to I want to do things on my own and then I find out the hard way the older I get the more I'll listen <laughs> Marcus I mean hey I tell you what uh, I, I miss the game I, I, I wish I could uh, coach again you know but I'm not as young as I used to was <laughs> and uh, but I mean the passion is still there you know hey uh, uh, I see Michael's games and Javi's games and, you know, like I said, I try not to say too much unless they ask me, you know, um, but uh, uh, it's also a thrill watching them coach, you know, and and uh, and seeing them perform and, and how they interact with their players, you know. So, again, it's, it's, it's like me coaching them all over again, you know. I mean, I, I get a lot of satisfaction and, and a lot of joy and, and uh, a lot of pride, you know, in watching them do uh, their coaching. You know, you, it's funny you say that uh, you still uh, miss it. I have it written down, my next question. So what, what is it that you miss the most about, about coaching? Uh, mainly two things. Uh, interaction with the players and dealing with coaches. I mean, hey, uh, you, know, you know that we are the most positive people on earth. You know, coaches are. You know, so uh, when, once you get around coaches who uh, think and, and, and believe things uh, the way you do, you know, you kind of miss that interaction, you know. You know, I know that uh, I've got several of them, Coach Dickey, Wayne Dickey, and uh, Rudy Bernal, you know, and uh, Lou Torres, you know. Uh, uh, we, we, we get together a lot, you know, and, and uh, uh, we talk about those times and, and uh, but but you miss that interaction with the players, with other coaches, you know, and 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 that competitive spirit of hey, can I teach these kids this system, and will they be able to run it? You know, uh, a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, I just talked to Coach Torres not too long ago. I'm, he he wants to get on, um, and I was thinking I should probably try to pair him up with Coach Dickey. I think that'd probably be a good little combination, huh? <laughs> no, I, you know, you know where the best combination would have been with Dickie and Bogus. Oh, know? really? Oh, they are hilarious. I'm <laughs> telling you, you know. But yeah, hey, that that, that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> I got him, and then I, I talked to Coach Gerlich out of Seguin. Uh, Mike, did you know he retired recently? No. Yeah, he just he just retired like a, 
a couple of days ago. Really? Uh, yeah. And then I talked to Brian out in Kerrville. He retired on Sunday. Did he really? So Coach Coach Pettis uh, and I were talking about that like throughout the year. Like, man, what is he going to do? Do you think yeah. that he's going he's gonna to retire? And I, I think he asked them directly because they had their playoff game. They played Floresville at Veterans mm -hmm. uh, in the second round. And before the game, he asked them. He was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He goes, maybe I've, I've done everything that I set out to do in coaching. My son's going to be going on. Maybe after this year, I'll call it quits. Maybe I'll come back. I don't know. You sound like um, that's a good invitation. Yeah, maybe I don't. And so I guess he decided that he wasn't coming back. <laughs> I, got, I got him and Coach Leach scheduled for uh, next week. I'll, I'll ask Oh, wow, that'll be a good one. That'll be an entertaining one. Yeah. Um, hey, Marcus, hey, hey, you say Coach Leach uh, and Michael, in uh, one of his earliest uh, uh, basketball camps at TABC, Coach Leach was his coach. <laughs> <laughs> when he was in elementary. <laughs> All right, come get your kid. He's running around. We'll listen. <laughs> he would he would do like – I've been fortunate enough to, I guess, since as a player, I saw my dad always work in TABC camp. So as soon as I graduated, I've been working, I think I've done 13 summers now uh, at the TABC camp and kind of, kind of worked my way up into one of, the, one of the leadership roles. But I saw Coach Leach as a kid. Well, maybe eight years, six, five, six years before I started coaching uh, at the TABC camp, he he uh, was like the director, and he's known for doing these like sunrise services, is what they call them, where he would just go on like forty-five minutes, an hour of warming the kids up, but it's almost like they're doing basketball stuff, but he's putting on a a, a comedy show. Like and the mic and the coaches are on the background just dying of laughter. The kids are sweating. They're getting basketball work in. They're laughing. But TABC used to be a long grind, like four or five days. And so I think they did it because it was it was so long yeah. that they needed they needed to have okay, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's do something a little unorthodox to keep the kids engaged and then kind of get them over that hump when they're fatigued. But I remember him as a, as a player thinking, man, this dude right here is funny. And uh, I, I liked when he got up and put us through stretches and, and the way that he talked and the way that he coached was so a, a joy, a joy to be around. Yeah, he, he's, he's a character. I remember – I'm going to ask him about it. He probably doesn't remember this at all, but I remember uh, clearly. When I was a junior or maybe a sophomore or junior, we were playing at Bernie and they, they did the starting lineup. You know, Marcus Alvarado, and I go up and I, sh I shake his hand. And he grabs me by the hand and he, he pulls me and walks me across his bench. And he was just like, all right, remember we talked about, he's not going to touch the ball, shoot the ball. And I was like, hey, no, he's <laughs> holding my hand, right? <laughs> he didn't care. Um, oh, my goodness. I, I remember that clearly. Yeah, he didn't care. It was, it was pretty awesome, though. I thought, man, that guy, he's something else. I like him. <laughs> Yeah. It was funny to watch. We played them at Burbank when I was at Burbank, and they came to our place. And I, I, every night, like I'd watch the game, and then I'd look over. I wanted to see what he was saying and doing because I, I, I mean, he was entertaining, even even on the sideline. I wanted to see what he was up to. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about a, a pregame ritual, um, Mike, uh, Coach. Uh, was there anything that you had to do before a game? Something you had to eat, or or just kind of. What was your, your routine to kind of get your mind in the right place? Me? 
I yeah. always want. I always drank a Coke. Coke? <laughs> I needed a Coca Cola, you know, to kind of settle my stomach, so to speak, you know. But uh, that and and uh, just a little quiet time, you know. Uh, and then um, come over and uh, I wanted my kids to be quiet too. I want. I wanted them to to be start thinking about the game, yep. you know. So uh, um, and and then we talk about what we needed to do that game. I, I listed three or four or five things on the board. Hey, here's what we got to do. Here's what we got to do. And um, matchups. But uh, uh, no, just quiet. If I had a Coke, I was good. If I didn't, I make sure my manager had one at halftime for me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, uh, that, that was basically it. You know, hey, uh, uh, just trying to, to stay calm. You know who else drank soda was uh, Coach. Um, he, he retired from Highlands a few years ago. Uh, Lot, Lot, Coach Lot. He, uh, whenever I'd, I'd coach against him, I'd always see him with a soda right there on the sauna. I think maybe Dr Pepper or Coke. Dr Pepper, that's what he drank. <laughs> always had a Dr Pepper, and he'd be yelling at the kids and they'll take a sip of his Dr Pepper and put it back down. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mike? Um, as far as coaching, like, what am I going to do? What's my game plan or just, uh, oh, just like get your head in the right, the right space. No, like that. I don't do anything particular. Just make sure my tie's right. Yeah. My red, my red pants are starched. Oh God. Might <laughs> <laughs> give you a hard time about those pants, Mike. Hey, they're good. They're good for a couple of wins a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, every, every coach has got their own thing, uh, their own, little routine some coaches have a little ritual some don't i just wanted to kind of see what, what you guys did but but you're right that quiet time is good i like i like that time uh i mean the, like the jv game is going i'll watch some of that game then i'll walk back to the other gym watch the freshman game for a bit and then and then uh halftime you know with the varsity guys after they shoot around you know at halftime talk to them get them in the right place and i'll go to my office and and uh and get dressed and, and just think and just kind of get my own my own thought process going. Nobody's in there. There's no talking. It's just me and my brain and kind of just sorting things out in my head, preparing. So that quiet time, like you talked about, Coach Art. I mean, that's that's that was that's important to me. I, at least on my end. You know, Marcus, I saw you play uh, when y'all came to Veterans Memorial, and I thought your your teams were very well prepared. And that just tells you, hey, you're in the game. You're in the game. You know, the main thing is to be competitive, and I think. You've had you've you've got your kids being competitive. I appreciate it, Coach. What about um, what have you seen, Coach Art, as far as changes? You know, from the time you started coaching, and up until this point, and you're, even though you uh, you're currently retired, but you're still involved. Uh, you run the SAABC. You know, you're involved with all the coaches. So, what what changes have you seen as far as the profession goes from then till now? That's well, one is what we're doing right now. I mean, this new technology, I mean, it, it is something else. You know, hey, when when we were coaching, hey, um, I enjoyed going to clinics. I enjoyed getting together with other coaches. I, uh, I loved reading books. I loved uh, uh, picking the other coaches' brains, you know. Uh, and I don't see too much of that going on right now. But like I said, now you have this, which we have now. You know, you can get on YouTube and – and or buy disc or or whatever you call them now and and, and learn from them. Uh, um, 
uh, huddle, I think, is another thing that, that y'all do, you know. But uh, uh, that plus the kids, you know, uh, gosh, uh, kids are kids are going to be kids. I mean, uh, I always tell Michael this, kids will do what you allow them to do. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want them to do that, uh, you need to make sure you tell them. You make sure that you express um, um, your expectations you know, because um, they'll do what, what, what you allow them to do, you know. But uh, the, the new technology thing is, is, is the biggest thing, you know. Uh, I love getting together with coaches, which is something that doesn't happen anymore. Before, Marcus, I don't know if you remember this, you could pick – you would have to meet to pick your, your officials. Mm -hmm. Okay, now they're assigned. You know, but we had uh, we met three times a year, and all the coaches gathered in one particular gym, and we all uh, interacted and and talked basketball, and you know had a great time. You know, uh, and you don't see that anymore. Um, I also don't see the camaraderie that 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 uh, that we that we used to have. Now, hey, when, when if I played you, I, hey, I was going to try to beat your brains out, yeah, but after the game. It's over. I mean, hey, we're still friends. We still talk. You know, whereas other coaches take it a little more, you know, personal. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, you're in the same profession. Hey, y'all are y'all are trying to to do the same thing. You, you want the best for your kids. You know, so you don't hold that against the other coach because he beat you or. Yeah. You know, but uh, uh, that that's basically it. You know. Uh, um, you know. Kids are, are a lot better. I mean, hey, they're they're a lot better coached, you know. Uh, uh, but that's that's basically it. You know, the technology thing. It's it is a game changer. But uh, but you're right. I mean, for me, I, I enjoy just uh, face to face interaction with coaches, um, going to the clinics. I mean, TABC, you know, those kinds of things. I, I love just being around the coaches and talking and. You got a presenter, and you're picking the guy's brain next to you. Hey, what do you think about that? And you're, you're all writing notes. And then, you know, the state tournament, right, is a time where we all can hang out and talk. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't get those kind of – we don't have that opportunity this year. So I guess this is my, my own selfish way of trying to find ways to still connect with coaches and pick their brains. And, and Well, it's a good one. It, it's a good one. Hey, I appreciate I'm glad that. you're doing it. Oh, uh, I was on uh, TA, uh, TABC – had those uh, clinics on last week, and oh man, they 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 really put on the show. There was quite a few speakers, you know, um, great topics. You know, I, I got to listen in on a few of them, but uh, like you, I'd like to go back in there and and uh, listen to to quite a few others. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Yeah. My wife says, "What are you doing? You're not coaching anymore." <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, uh, I still look at. Uh, uh, basketball plays that uh, I get from um, on my email um, emails, and I, I like to go look at them every now and then. I make, a, I make a copy and I'll send it to Michael, and you know what he tells me? I've already got it, Dad. We got the same email. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so uh, anyway, but that's basically it. Hey, you know, I think that uh, passion is the main thing. You know. Uh, um, if you don't have the passion, you're not going to go very far. What, um, let's talk a little bit about some impactful moments in your career. You know, uh, the wins and the losses and the X's and the O's, I mean, they're important, uh, part of what we do, but, but the most important part is 
is our kids and the relationships and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, just talk about some impactful moments that come to mind. You don't have to use names. You can if you want. It's up to you. Well, uh, with me, it's always been, like I said, I like to, I like to, to interact with people. With me, it was and my players, my ex-players, my former players, you know, I, I like to uh, uh, keep up with them, you know, and uh, they'll tell me things that I did that I don't remember that I did, <laughs> you know, but I guess I did it because they agree. My hard coach, that's what you did. That's what you did. But uh, uh, that's the biggest thing with me is, is when former players call or when you meet up with them somewhere and, and uh, uh, you see that, hey, man, they were listening, you know, to what I was talking about, you know. And uh, I remember I had a particular player who, um, as a junior, you know, didn't understand the word team. And then because he was a better player, his senior year, he took on the leadership role. And uh, uh, after one of the practices, he says, Coach, I need to talk to you. I says, yes, sir. He says, they're not listening to me. They're not they're, – they're not – and and he was he was and that and he was that guy the year before. I mean that he wouldn't listen. You know, I says, well, hey, that's why it's important that you have got to be a role model. You've got to set the example. If you don't set the example, they're not going to listen. They're not going to follow you. But uh, I remember when he graduates as coach, I want to thank you because uh, I learned a very important lesson. You know that hey, um, if you want if you want people to follow, you got to set the example, and. Uh, uh, that's what he did, and sure enough, you know, uh, the rest of the team started listening and, and reacting to what he was uh, uh, trying to tell them. So mainly it's just those interpersonal relationships you have with your players, you know, and then, when, like I said, they call or they come back and and uh, say, Coach, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for doing this. And and, uh, 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 and the biggest thing is I always want to thank my wife for letting me coach. She allowed me to coach. We had three kids growing up. They were two years apart, all of them, two, two, two. And um, she's, one year she told me, hey, I need help because I, I can't handle all three. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what, next year I'll just, I'll just teach. You know, I, I won't coach. That way I can be home and help pick up the kids or whatever. Well, the following morning she says, uh, listen, uh, you wouldn't be happy. And I know you love to coach. So, I will handle it, you know, go on and coach. So, hey, that was a uh, – I mean, that really meant a lot to me because she was doing all the sacrifice, you know, and and uh, uh, she allowed me to coach. And uh, to this day, I thank her, you know. And That's important. I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to have a wife who loves who loves uh, the game just as much as I do and wants to be a part of it and is a great team mom type of situation every year. And so she, she's just as much a McCullum Cowboy as anybody, even though she graduated from South Sand. Uh, but uh, I think that's important, right? Because without that support. It's very important. You know, now, now my wife, my wife wasn't into basketball, Marcus, until the, the kids started, got into high school. Gotcha. Once, when they became freshmen, then she started to be at every game. Then she started you yelling know? at the coach. Yeah, right. You know, make sure that the coach was treating their son right. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's important. And, and Mike is in a very unique situation also, you know. You know uh, I remember when him and uh, Nayeli were dating, you know, um, 
she kind of asked my wife, well, what's it like being a coach's wife? You know, and uh, and my wife told her, hey, well, look, hey, you're going you're gonna to have to do a lot of things. I'll let Michael explain it. You're going to do a lot of things that, that your husband won't be able to do because he's occupied in coaching. So um, make sure that that's what you want to do. I mean, if you, if you can't uh, put up with that, then this is not a, a good um, union. So go ahead, Mike. I got, yeah, I got a bone to pick with my mom. I forgot about this. So I guess uh, maybe last year or the year before, as the girls started to get older, and we moved back to San Antonio, her family's in Laredo. And so just like maybe on a Thursday, she was like, hey, I had a conversation with your mom. I was like, yeah, what's up? She goes, I asked her, well, how did you do it? Like, he has to work on Saturdays. Like, I want to go visit my family. But like, if we leave after practice, then by the time we get there, we don't even have a full day to spend. She goes, oh, I wouldn't ask. I would just leave. And so that next day, I get home from, from a game and my family's gone. <laughs> They're in Laredo hanging out for a good time because of the great advice of my mom. But she was like, I just, I didn't ask. I just took them. If I wanted to go, then I'd go. And so my wife has gotten in that habit during basketball season. Like every, every once a month or so, she's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to spend a full two days in there. Um, mainly it started when I was trying to get my master's. And so after, after, work, after work on Saturday, I'd come home, I'd have work to do. And so she'd just take the kids and get out. I'd spend a day doing my work. She'd get to spend two days with her family and then come home. But I, I thought it was actually really good advice from my mom. And they're great friends. And so I'm very, I'm very fortunate that my, my wife and my mother, they talk more than me and my mom do. So she, my mom calls my wife. She don't call me. And I'm in the background saying, I'm doing good, mom. Don't worry about me. <laughs> That's great. And what, what about some impactful uh, moments in your career, Mike? Um, I guess I, I'm getting uh, I'm getting a little bit older now. So some of the kids that I've coached are are having families. But um, I think probably heard about that one of these other coaches talk about something similar. But I had a kid who was really good, played for me in Laredo. And he started for me as a sophomore, started for me as a junior, and then senior year, okay, we're going to be ready to go. It's going to be a big year, but um, starts having trouble in, in school, um, having trouble at home, and kind of not doing the things that we needed him to do. And I love this kid, the pieces, but ended up kicking him off. He didn't, he didn't play a game for us his senior year. And... I guess maybe a year or two after he had had his second kid and he came back, called and was like, coach, man, I appreciate all that you've done for me. I needed that. Like, uh, I don't know where I would be if I had at that moment had to happen because it was a wake up call for him. Like maybe I'm not walking down the right path. And now he's working for the oil fields. He has three kids uh, taking care of his families. You feel like, man, I lost a kid. And you don't ever want to kick people off. Your, your goal is to try to keep everybody involved as much as they can. But sometimes the line is being drawn and can't allow it to continue anymore. And so I, I, I always struggle with those decisions because they, it can go one of two ways. Either they're going to straighten out or they're going to continue to go left and then get, get things that go continue going down the wrong path. And then now a life that you could have impacted, you're not. Yeah. And so 
that, that that's kind of been a big impactful moment. I want to talk about another one too, just and the game of basketball and why it's been so good. Because uh, you meet people and you you grow up and you never know where, where that that small meeting is going to take you later on in life. And I guess maybe not even a year ago, six months ago or so, I ran into Tweety at church and Tweety like I hadn't talked to Tweety or seen him in years. And he's like, hey. We got a Bible study that we're going to do and we play ball. Would you like to join? Like, yeah. And so there's a group of us who get together uh, that we haven't been gotten together in a while, but we've been doing Zoom meetings every week. But it's just that that brotherhood that you share with people who play basketball. And we go out there and we play for about an hour, hour and a half. And then we sit down with a whole bunch of grown men. The pastor of our church shows up every now and then to hoop and to, and to talk and to worship. And we talk about issues that we're having, how to uh, parenting issues that we're having, um, things that have happened in that week that are great, that are going on in each other's lives. And we celebrate with each other and we help one another out. And that has really, that one day a week has really kind of, uh, help my relationship in my in the spiritual sense, and so I've gotten closer to the Lord. But I have somebody to bounce things off of um, that that looks like you, that talks like you, that has similar uh, similar backgrounds that you have, and that that's kind of been an impactful moment. You never know the person that you're meeting now and how they can affect you three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years down the line. Absolutely. What what have been some of your guys' uh, keys to connecting with with your with your kids, or, or what would you tell a young coach as far as making connections with his with their players, his or hers? Well, here's here's one thing that I was told early in my career is that those players that you're coaching, they're yours, they're your kids. They're you know you treat them like you would treat your sons. Okay, it's got to be that intimate. I mean, to where, hey, you treat them like you would treat your own son. And so with me, my dad was a, my dad was a people person. And I'd like to think that I'm one, you know, and that um, um, uh, you want to connect with those with your players. You know, the old saying, uh, they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care, yeah. you know, and. Uh, uh, so I've always believed that, you know, and, and uh, uh, my door was always open to kids. Hey, you want to come in and talk? Hey, come on. You know, call me at home if you need to. Um, but uh, uh, you, you just you just got to treat them right. Now, they need a chewing, they need a chewing. You know, but afterwards, you put your arm around their shoulder and say, hey, you know, you understand what why we did this right. And so... Uh, uh, that 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 was that was the biggest thing. I, I never had a problem with any of my players, you know. Um, um, everything was written down. Everything was black and white. Everything was here's the way it's going to be, you know. And uh, uh, and for that matter, I didn't have any any problem with parents either, you know. So um, um, you just got you just got to treat them like they're your own sons. Well, what would you do to, if he was your son? How would you? you know, uh, go about handling the situation. Absolutely. You know? So that's the approach that I took. So uh, just to give my two cents, I, I just think that with my, I, I had this conversation with my cross country kids the, the last day 
uh, we went, went, went to regionals and that day before regionals we're talking, but I had two kids who were having, who were having issues with their families and they had expressed to me, like, they don't know how to, how to like, what, where's their life headed if they don't know what kind of person they are, uh, what kind of father they can be. And I said, look, nobody knows. Um, some, some of these kids, nobody knows. Like, I didn't know how to be a father. But the first thing that you need to do is just be present. Be there. Like, just be, be involved. Like, if you're there, that's step one, and then you'll figure out the rest as you move along but show an interest in your lives. And it's the same thing with us. Uh, the world is moving at a million miles an hour and uh, cell phones and, and technology has been great. And I'm guilty of this as well, but man, you got to put, put away the phone, put it in your pocket and you got to spend time with them in the locker room and you've got to know what they enjoy doing besides basketball. Like what are your conversations like in the locker room? What are your conversations like in the hallway? What are your conversations like when they roll up on Saturday morning? Is it about basketball or is it about what's up? What's going on? Are you getting a feel for them? Do you know what's going on at home? How many brothers and sisters do they like? What, what music are they into right now? What, do you, what, are you, what, what class is your favorite? Where are you going in your life? And so those are all the things that you've got to have answered. And the only way to get answers to those questions is to be present. And by sitting down and spending that time with them one-on-one -on -one in the locker room, but I'm talking to you, I'm looking at you in the eyes um, and move around, moving around the locker room. But I think those are some of the best times is that locker room after practice, before practice, be after games. It's just sitting down in the locker room and you're going to bump into somebody and then now you've created a conversation. Yeah. And we're not going to talk so much about what happened in the game, um, but we're going to just chop it up. Like, we're, like, this is my son, like my dad said, or, man, this is my younger brother, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, get to know him and teach him the ropes of how to play this game of life. That's great. Both great stuff. And, and, and like you're saying, Mike, you know, that connection's got to be genuine on your end, right? I mean, the kids yeah. will get right through it if it's – just forced or fake yeah you know what we talked about too uh, just me and my dad I, I forgot and then i want to commend you on something is that he said man know their birthdays and so if you if you have a kid and i was like man this is the idea that i've had like that first day like when you come in like i need to start putting them all in my phone and then alerting me and so like I'm may if i'm, I'm not going to be the first one their parents but like i'm one of the first people to to reach out and say, "Hey, happy birthday! How's your day going? What do you want? What do you want to happen today?" Give offer them a little bit of encouragement, but they, it's not through somebody else. I think that I, I've made this uh, I've made this mistake is that I find out like at the end of the day after practice it was so and so's birthday, and it's because they said it, they told me in front of the kid, and so now you're like, "Oh, let's make let's make it a deal." When it was my job to have already known that. Like I should have, I should have told that, told him that at first period. I should have told him that before we got to school. I should have called him before the first thing that I saw him, give him a hug, put my arms around him, tell him happy birthday, and make him feel special for even if it's just that one little moment. Uh, another big thing, I think you do a fantastic job, Marcus, with your with, with social media. I think kids, kids, they enjoy having their pictures taken, and you're doing better with videos. But that was kind of one of my goals this off season is to figure out how to edit pictures, 
Uh, that way kids can have some, I can send it to them, but those are mementos that they like to have. And they know that, okay, coach spends a little, a little bit of time working on this and he cares about me. Like, it's not just like, this is gonna, it's going to take 20 minutes, but it, it, it's worth it. Put a smile on their face for a little bit. Um, and so as one of the changes in coaching, I think that's a big one. I think I think they like that and they like seeing it. It makes them feel good. They'll see yeah. it on the on the on the McCullum basketball Twitter, and, and yeah, tweet it, and their friends will see it. And you know, mm -hmm. anything that we can do to help those guys uh, feel a little better about the day. I mean, I'm all about it. Yeah, that is that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. I appreciate that, Mike. And and I appreciate you guys for taking some time out today to talk. Uh, you know, it's it's been fun. You know, like I said, I, I've been enjoying just talking to as many coaches as I can, and and um, and getting to know them and and their stories and and what they do to connect with kids. And and like I said, I mean, it's it's a good way to get information out to the world to see, you know, how passionate you know these coaches are about their job. Um, but also selfishly trying to learn from everybody at the same time. Right, I'm I'm taking notes and 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 trying to jot down what I can. Uh, so, but for you two guys to take time out today, I appreciate it. For sure. Hey, I want to I leave you with one thing. Yes, sir. Okay, Marcus? Okay. Integrity, character, and the kind of person you are is much more important than the basketball player that you are. And I wish that more people would uh, understand that, that, hey, it's not so much about basketball as it is more about life. And if you don't have integrity and character, hey, it doesn't matter what kind of basketball player you are. So thank you, Marcus. I agree 100%. Thank you so much, guys. And I hope you guys enjoy your day and stay safe out there. For sure. Uh, thank you. Best of luck to you, Marcus. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Look at this. It's my dad. Hello? Why not? says it's launching is that on his phone or his laptop it's on a laptop did you click the little button that says open if, if a browser if it doesn't open click this button Put, click it one time just one time this is good stuff right here <laughs> you're gonna edit all this right <laughs> i might add it to the blooper reel <laughs> Said you picked an old man. <laughs> hey, what are, are you using? Uh, uh, what are you using? Open up, not Internet Explorer. Please tell me, Marcus. Got to Facetime him. That's what I'm doing. I just hung up on him. <laughs> I can't see. You got to scoot it further away from the computer. Okay, yeah, go back to your email from that portion. Okay, click on it. Click on it. Doesn't want to give me anything. I'm going to get out of there. And I'm going to try again. 
Hey, you, you might got to just download the app on your phone. I'm thinking that's going to be easier. And do it on the phone? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Bogus just did it on his phone. Because I, I want to say it's your computer. Well, well it was fine yesterday. Touche. <laughs> okay, so go with my phone? Yes, and then go to the app store. What? I got to download an app? Yes. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. Oh, come on, Nick. Oh, here I am. Hold on. Join video. <laughs> this is great stuff. <laughs> I told you you're dealing with an old man. Is uh, the blind leading the blind? Eh? <laughs> there, there you is. go. There it is. I see something. We got progress. Well, yeah, but I don't see anything. Uh, now you got to at the bottom bottom left. If you hover over, you got to click start video. Well, it turned me loose. Okay, bottom left. You got to you get your mouse to hover over. It should pop up a little icon. It says, it says Zoom not responding. Yeah, I'm like pretty sure it's your computer. Because I wait, like you're on here, we see your name, okay. Marcus. I apologize. Oh, no worries, I'm not in any kind of rush. No worries. Because you're on here, we just can't see you. I'm recording, yeah. He Mar Marcus is recording it. You've got, I can't see the screen though, Dad. Like, you have me pause, so I can't help you because I don't see what's going on. Well, because now it. It directed me to uh, another page. No, but on, on, on the phone, Dad. Like, I I'm want. Not on the phone. I, I want. I know that. I want to see it so I can help. There you go. Now, let me see the screen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the screen is not doing anything. Oh, he went away. Now, now you're gone. Yeah, well, I wasn't there to begin with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, come on, crazy. I should have gotten on earlier. Oh, he's back. Yeah, there you go. Like, we could see, we could see you. Like, let me just keep the phone on the computer. Let me see what it's telling you. Okay, so on the bottom left, Dad, it says start audio. You got to use your mouse. Yeah, right there. That right there. Click that. Oh, I'm sorry. The one next to it. The the video. Yes. And then click join audio. I think. It's not doing anything with the start video. It's still loading. That, that little circle. So, Marcus, what's new? <laughs> <laughs> Just enjoying my life, Coach. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun just watching you, too. Hey, uh, 
on behalf of the uh, San Antonio Area Association of Basketball Coaches, uh, we want to commend you on what you're doing with this thing. Hey, this is fantastic. Well, thank you, Coach. I really do appreciate it. Dad, I'm, I'm one, like, how about you just download the app? Okay, let's go there. Okay, where, where do I go now? You go to the App Store on your phone. App Store, I'm there. And then type in Zoom. Type in Zoom. Search. Yes. Okay. So Zoom Cloud Meeting. Yes. That. Okay, get. Michael, I can't do that. Why? Because uh, I have to look up my Apple ID. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your mom says we're going to use uh, we're going to use her phone. Okay, good. But, uh -huh. Come on. I love it. I love it. We should, we should, we should have done it together. I should have just brought him over here, right? <laughs> she's got so many. Oh, oh, I see you. You're up. <laughs> You're up here. He's audio. Can you hear his audio? Is that from his phone? Your phone or is that from the computer? I can't see your screen. You got to start your audio. Oh, uh, okay. Wait a minute. The, the bottom left, whatever you did yesterday. Now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> I'm on. No. Can't hear me? Still can't hear you. Well, I'm pressing what you told me to press right here. Yeah, it's thinking. It's that's why that little bar. Don't click, push it anymore. We leave it alone. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think I know. I think I know what I'm going to get you for Father's Day. Oh. There you go. Click join with computer audio. Click it. Click it now. now? Yes. Yeah. We can hang up now. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, am I? Is that too? Is that too bright, Michael? Uh, you're good. good. It's a little bit bright, but it's all good. Uh, turn on that light. Huh? How about now? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, Marcus. Thank you. Oh, hey, uh, that was the the best 14 minutes uh, all day long. <laughs> That was great. <laughs>